Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. Tim, as we have been going through the 119th Psalm, this is the 14th stanza. Mm -hmm. Each stanza has eight verses to it. We are seeing that the psalmist tends to be building, you know, from his, you know, in his relationship to the Word of God Mm -hmm. and what the Word of God means to him and how he sees the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, that, that, it seems like he has a question, but he knows what the answer is going to be, so he's afraid to ask the question, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he knows probably it's, it's not going to be the answer he wants. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we done that in our life where, where we have gone to God, we, we know what the answer will be, but, you know, we're just we're so afraid to, mm-hmm. to hear the no or hear uh, not yet or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, so many times when we even pray, Right, we, we end up praying, trying to hope that we can word it in such a way that God will come around our way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah, and it just seems like as the as the psalmist is building in this beautiful psalm, you know, this this reverence for the Word of God, and he he just wants to know that. It, and I and I love the verse one hundred five, and we're going to be starting with these, but. You know, it's it, it's not only for my steps, but he also leads in the path forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for us, that is so neat. He's watching our steps today, but he knows what is, lies ahead for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, it's the long term as well as the short term. Yeah, and and so many times, I think we we fail in that. You know, we we tend to ask God about the the long term. You know, where's it you want to take me? You know, what, what, what are the big things in, that, that are going on in life? And, and what's your plan? What's your purpose? And we want to see that come to fruition. And we search the word for those answers, right? Um, but yet he says, no, every step, each and every moment of every day, I want you to be in my word. I want you to be seeking my face. Uh, I want you to be spending time in prayer with me. I want to be involved in all the little nitty gritty things that go on in your life as well. You know, as, as I looked at these eight verses, 105 through 112, I look at them as, as God will, will guide us, he will guard us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he'll do that yeah. if we allow him to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is, that is the key to it. I, I yeah. just, I love this whole psalm, and, and I, I can't believe we're already at the 14th stanza, mm-hmm. you know, where more than two-thirds or almost two-thirds of the way through the book, uh, mm-hmm. through this, this uh, great psalm. I'm going to open in prayer and ask God to bless us, and then uh, Tim will read the Word of God uh, for us. So let's ask the Lord to bless us. Father, we thank you so very, very much for the Word of God. Lord, help us to give, give us the psalmist eyes to see it for what it is, to love it for what it is. And Father, as we ask you to guide us and to guard us, to direct our paths, Father God, help us to, to really want that and, and appreciate what you have in store for us. So Father, be with us now as we look at these, this stanza, 105 through 112, and Father, use it to touch our hearts, and we'll thank you in your name. Amen. 
Amen. So starting at verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forsake your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. Wow, what a, what a tremendous uh, proclamation. Uh, you know, as I, as I read this portion of Scripture, it's a tremendous proclamation of his, his knowledge of the Word of God, his acceptance of the Word of God, his uh, dependence upon the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, knowing that he is facing calamity, that he is facing very, mm -hmm. very tough times. And Tim, if we can just go back up to, for example, the, the stanza before that, stanza 13, he makes the proclamation, Oh, how I love thy law. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is something that, it's one thing to read it and, and say, well, that, that was nice. It's another thing to read it and say, whoa. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, just to think of the awe mm -hmm. of it, you know, that, it, that you're just kind of in amazement, excuse mm -hmm. me, of what God has given us, what God has told us concerning himself. Mm -hmm. Now he is not only saying, I love your law, in verse 97, now he's saying, this is what the law is to me. First of all, mm -hmm. your word. And, and I like that because it, it's not my word. It's not the words of my friends. Mm -hmm. It's not the words of my pastor. Right. No, it is your word. Mm -hmm. and, and that is a distinction that I think that we really have to make. Mm -hmm. um, so many people want to say, well, the authors, you know, they, 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 they equate Paul as being an author of this book or uh, Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel or John or somebody. They are not the authors of this book. Correct. They are the penmen mm -hmm. of this book. God is the author. Peter tells us that holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So God is the author. And it seems to me that all through this psalm and up to this point, the psalmist is really coming to grips with the fact that God is the author. God mm -hmm. is the one who gave us this word. And this is his word. Mm -hmm. So if we look at it as his word, what does that mean? How much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What it means, number one, is it's something that has been spoken from his very lips, yeah. which is an overflow of his heart. Because we know Scripture tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when he talks about his word, it's not just this is just some thoughts that you had that you verbalized. This is the very heart of who you are. And so it's good for me to know your word because it reveals your heart to me. And so that's one aspect of this, your word. Um, the other applications of it is, obviously it's referring to the written word, 
you know, that, that we have the Logos word as we've referred to it. But the thing is, is he has a way of making this Logos word into a Rhema type word for us by the way that the Holy Spirit breathes life into it for us. You know, and I, I, and I think of like for myself going back um, a number of years ago, uh, it's probably the shortest fast in history that anybody ever performed. <laughs> I think it lasted a whole 20 minutes because uh, we had just gotten frustrated and I was getting really I don't want to say angry at God, but just angry at the circumstances. And it's like not having the answers. It's like, I remember looking at my wife saying, you know what, that does it. I, I've been praying. I've been seeking God. And I, I'm not going to answer. I'm going to start a fast. And I'm going to my room. I'm not coming out until I hear from God. 20 minutes later, I come out. And what happened was came to, God showed me the answer to where our financial woes were. And I, I think it was out of the book of Hosea, I believe. It's trying to think way, way back to chapter one. But the verse that it that was mentioned was you're putting your money in pockets filled with holes. Mm. And what it was dealing with prior to that was this aspect of you're building your own homes, but what about mine? Yep. You know, and, and what God began to show me is you no, know, what we were putting a lot of finances we, we were good Christian people. We we believed in the tithe and offerings. Thing is finances were getting kind of tight. Yep. So we were keeping a running account of the IOU mm-hmm. that God was deserving yeah. and were withholding from him. And what God was saying is, look, you're withholding from me, and that's why the money's just flowing through your hands. And so we made a decision that day. You know, boom, this is what we need to do. But um, So that's an example of how God took his written word, a, a very specific scripture verse, and breathed life into it yep. for us. And um, But in addition to that, as we would later see through the New Testament, Jesus became the living word. And so this serves as a statement from the psalmist about what he, how he felt about the word, but it was also a prophetic statement that, you know what, as I follow Christ, he will, show, he will lead me in all ways and all paths of righteousness that I need to go down. And so these, there's so many applications of how you can look at this aspect of the word, and all of them are true. So even so that if we look at, for example, verse 105, which is where we're starting today, as we, as Tim has read it, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You've already alluded to in John, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once again, if we follow his precepts, we follow what he has said, mm-hmm. then um, we ought to be able to walk down the path, not not saying there's not going to be potholes in the way, mm-hmm. right? Being in New England, we have a lot of those right now. Potholes in the way, but at least we'll be able to walk around them or, or not trip in them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what Jesus is saying to us. And, right. and, and he, you know, there, there was a song way many, many, many years ago, you know, and I think it probably wasn't even a gospel song. It was probably just a secular song, but, but you light up my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Debbie Boone. Uh-huh. Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you light up my life. And to apply that to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that's exactly what he does for yeah. us. He lights up our life. Not that he removes obstacles, but at least he makes it so either you can walk around them or you can go through them mm-hmm. under his direction, under his guidance, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Yeah. And, and so I, I look at this, and I'm just thinking of the psalmist taking the word of God and saying, this is what I have. Mm-hmm. It is a lamp for my feet. That means every step of the way. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think some people 
get confused with the fact, wait a minute, is God really that personal <laughs> that he wants to direct every step I take? I mean, isn't he just interested in my all-around life and, and that, and you know, but not my everyday circumstances, not my everyday trial, not my everyday heartache or whatever. He's not interested in that, is he? Absolutely he is. He and, is. But I mean, I mean, but a lot comes down to where your worldview is. And if you've got a worldview that God just kind of set everything in motion and then just kind of lets it spin on its own, then it's going to be real hard to wrestle that down. But if you really go back into the Word, we see. And, and this is just one of those living pr proofs of that very fact, that he does want to be involved in our lives in every, uh, everywhere along that path. Now, the one thing we got to be careful with with that, because this is a trap I see a lot of Christians fall into, is we will stop on that path until he really reveals something. God, I, I'm so afraid of making a mistake because I know you're inter, um, intricately involved in every aspect. I will not take another step until I know that I know that I know that it's you. And you know what? If that's the kind of attitude we have, all the enemy has to do is just sow a little bit of doubt. Yep. And he'll keep you paralyzed for Jesus. And so th there's almost that and, and I don't want to say we want to get ahead of God. We don't want to. You know, we always want to seek him in all things. But if we don't feel like we're getting a specific answer, go back to his word. Well, I need to move forward because, you know, you can't steer a parked car, right? It needs to be moving for it to be able to be altered. So it's like if we're going in with an attitude of, God, I want to know your word. I understand you want to have your way in my life, and, God, I, I'm seeking that. But... Even amidst my prayer, I'm not really feeling like I'm getting an answer. But from what I know of your word and what I know of your character, this is what I'm sensing is probably the way you want me to go. So I'm going to start moving this way, but I'm going to stay in this attitude of being in tune to your word. So, Lord, if, if I'm going off just a little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to respond to that yep, redirection. Yep. You know? And so move is, is my point, you know? Um, Get moving and let God then, maybe God's just waiting for you to step out of the boat like Peter had to do mm -hmm. before the wave's going to get calm. You know, the, the, and use that analogy that, that you did with Peter. Jesus was very well aware that Peter was going to take his eyes off him. Mm -hmm. Jesus was very well aware that Peter, after he took a step or two, was going to start going blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he, he knew that. Yep. But the thing was, is he wanted him to step out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's the same thing with us. That's why I think he uses two pictures for us in verse five, or 105. One is a lamp, so you're holding a lamp so that you can see what is directly in front of you. But then you have like the full moon mm -hmm. that, is, that is over everything, and you can see you know, ahead of you. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not as clearly... But you can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like having your dim lights on and then you put on your full lights, you know, you've, mm -hmm. you know yeah. the high beams. Or, or maybe even a better would, would be thinking back to the, um, some of the really old TV shows, you know, where, you know, maybe like Little House on the Prairie. And what did they do? You know, when, when, before we had automobiles, mm -hmm. they had horses and carriages. Yep. But, you know, they hung a lamp on that carriage. But that lamp. Yeah. Didn't show very far. Right. I, you might be able to see the horse's nose, but that would be about it. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it's a very confined light that you're talking about when you're talking about that lamp. It's something that's not really going to shine far at all. It, it might just illuminate one or two steps ahead, and that's it. You know, and 
you know, if you look at it, I guess maybe in the mind, you know, the human mind or whatever, but, you know, that is good sometimes, that we don't launch out so mm -hmm. far that we drown. Yeah. But that we, you know, and I remember as a boy, you know, when I was learning how to swim, you know, my parents would give me just a certain distance to go out. Mm-hmm. And and then when I as as I was learning to swim, they'd let me go out a little further, a little further, a little further. But that you know that's the way it just seems to be with God. Here, I'll let you walk out this far, and and I'll show you what that is. Mm -hmm. I now have the whole path lit for you, but right now it's not being revealed in its in its entirety. Yeah. And that may be a very good thing because I don't know about you, but and I I know there's been a lot of times in my own life and with a lot of people I've talked to that have been frustrated by the fact, why doesn't God show me what he wants for me, you know, a year down the road, two years down the road? Yeah. And, I, and I've kept that lodged in the back of my mind. I can think of a handful of people, at least in just the last five years, that I've talked to. And, um, and I remember making those mental notes. And then when it got to be a couple years down the road and seeing where they were spiritually and, and where they were going um, ministry-wise, being able to bring up to them two years, you know, three years later, hey, remember way back when we mm. first talked about and you were frustrated? Let me ask you a question. Knowing where you are today, knowing where you were then, had he shown you then where you would be today, would you be here? Yeah. They're like, no, I would have, I would have turned tail and ran. Oh, yeah. You know, because I was not mature enough to handle the full illumination of where God was taking me. I kind of had an idea, but... I wasn't ready to receive it then. You know, and that's where we come come up with the question. Oh, you came up with the question about are there things that you know we we know we want to ask God. However, we know what the answer will be, but we don't we don't want His answer mm -hmm. because we're afraid, you know, that He's going to say no or He's yeah. going to reject it. Well, we want. We, I think we want His answer, but we want His answer on our terms. Yeah, and there's a big difference. Yeah, so. You know, in all of that, that's, that's why I think that he gives us, you know, this this lamp that does the immediate area, and then you have the light that is out ahead of us saying, look, I will lead your path. Mm -hmm. I, will, I, I will take care of every obstacle that's in the way. But the thing is, is right now, you've got to watch out for where your feet, where your feet mm -hmm. walking at this yeah. point. And, and how many of us have been... Oh, I know that I have. You know, I have looked over the years and saying, boy, God, am I glad you didn't show me that yesterday or last week or last year mm -hmm. because I couldn't have handled it. Yeah. Just couldn't have done it. You know, but God knowing mm -hmm. how we would, we would have responded, you know, held that back from us for a while mm -hmm. until we could handle that. Mm -hmm. and, and it seems to me that that's what verse 105 is saying, but, he, but he's always pointing to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the opinion, Tim, and I think you are too, of the opinion, you want answers. They're right here. Mm -hmm. The Word of God is, I remember, was it John DeBrine? Was it John DeBrine? They used to call him the answer man. Mm -hmm. You know? I think so. All right. Oh, no, Achenberg, too. I think they call him that. You know, where, where you know, they would say, he's the answer man. Why? Because you ask him a question, he's going to point you to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. that's exactly where we need to go. And this is... You know, it, coming back to what you said, in our opinion, this is more than just our opinion. This is a combined over 100 years yeah. of That's walking scary, with the Lord between the two of us. And um, 
so it's not just an opinion. It's not just our wishful thinking. It's a lifestyle. We have lived this out for 50 years each, yep. over 50 years each. And we can sit here today to tell you firsthand that this is true. Yeah. This will be a, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And another way that I remember it revealing in my life incredibly was when, when I was even got the column to ministry. Mm. It was 1986 when I received that call. But I'll never forget because God said, okay, this is where I'm taking you. But I remember my time of prayer and my time in the word and devotions that I was having at that time. He's like, this is where I'm taking you. But today, all I am doing is I'm opening a window for you. I'm not opening a door. Yep. I'm opening a window of where I'm going to take you. And that was it. And then the next eight years would be a period of walking down a lot of different paths that just didn't seem like they were going the same direction as where it was that the Lord was leading. But in hindsight, I can tell you that he showed me the ultimate, but there's a lot of little detours I had to take along the way when he was taking me through his school mm. of learning and of him discipling me in, in things of Christian leadership and things of that nature and things that you couldn't be taught in seminary. You know, you had to be go through the school of hard knocks, so yep. to speak, to, to really understand. And he took me down those things, and eight years later, the door, the, the window became a door that I was then able to walk through. Um, so it's just, that's why it's so important for us to allow his word to, to, to shine upon that path, but to also make sure we understand when he's just shining, you know, upon the path and when he's actually, you know, that lamp to our feet. Yep. Um, because that lamp to my feet, I didn't know where that next, you know, in, in that instance, that day, I, I could see the distance. I couldn't see what he was going to do. I, I there's no way I could forecast exactly what angle he was going to take me down. But you know what? As he took me into those, I could see it immediately when it showed up. Yep. And I just walked it as long as he told me to keep walking. And when he said, stop walking that, now take this one, you took this one. You know, and, and so, but if you live in that level of obedience, you will never be able to understand the path fully until you first let him be that lamp mm -hmm. to the feet. You know, I find it interesting, you were sharing a little bit of your past, and, and my wife and I certainly, as we have looked at our past and the various ministries we've had, mm -hmm. we're now able to see, because we can look down the path a lot further, yep. we're now able to see how each of the churches that I had prepared me for where I am now. Mm -hmm. Now, and we've been here, we'll be starting 35 years this year. So we look at it and we say, wait a minute, this is how my very first church in St. John's Bay Center helped me to grow. And then my mm -hmm. church at the Benton Bible Chapel helped me to grow. And then Linden Bible Church helped me to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, because you look at it and you say, wow, each one of those was a step, but it was a step down this path that you had to take mm -hmm. in order to be able to, to walk the path which God has for mm -hmm. me. And, and what a remarkable thing, if you see it that way. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's so necessary for us to, in, in each of these stanzas that he starts, he always, you know, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, verse 97, oh, how I love you, law. Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my back. Each one, he, each stanza, he starts off making a declaration about the word of God. Mm-hmm. 
And we as believers need to make that same declaration. This is God's word. Jesus right. Christ is the living word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what he is. Yep. You know, no ifs, ands, about, buts about it. That's who he is. And when we can make that declaration, mm -hmm. as the psalmist is making the declaration, yeah. your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. You know, and I just want to walk down that, that lighted path. I don't want to detour into the doctors. I don't want to, de mm -hmm. you know, take a left or right. I just want to go, keep going straight. Mm -hmm. And that's what God has told us to do. Yep. You know, but how many of us want to take a shortcut? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we just don't like the, the length of the whatever, you know, we want to take the shortcut and we can't do that. Right. You know, we can't. So he goes and he, and he makes a declaration. First of all, it's God's word is a lamp. Mm -hmm. That's for the immediate steps in which we take. But he also has lit the path, mm -hmm. the pathway um, that you, that you can go. Now, as you walk that, or you look down that pathway, it becomes dimmer and dimmer and dimmer because of the length of it, mm -hmm. only from where you're standing here. But when you start walking, guess what? That dimness fades and it becomes yep. heavily more, more lit mm -hmm. for you. And that's what God, God says in the walk of life that you and I take mm -hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have thy word, and it has to be, once again, it has to be centered around the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's not, this is what I think. Mm -hmm. You know, God's not really interested in what I think. <laughs> you know, what God's interested in is you look and see what I say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, I had, you know, and there's many times I've wrestled with God, and, you know, and God has had to reveal to me, Harold, I didn't ask you opinion for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, because you really don't have one. Right. You know, if, if you got to walk in my word, mm -hmm. that's where you got to walk. Just trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Trust and obey. You know, <clears throat> that's what we need to do. Verse 106. He makes another declaration. I have sworn. I've made a vow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a question that a lot of people are asking these days, Tim. I don't know if you've run into it yet in your ministry, but I have in mind, where people are starting to really ask the question, well, what is a vow anyway? What is the importance of a vow? And what are the dangers of a vow? Mm-hmm. You know, like Malachi goes and tells us that there are great dangers if you make a vow and you fail to keep it. Mm -hmm. A vow is a commitment or, or swearing to something. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, Jesus even made, made this declaration. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Mm -hmm. You know, don't make a vow that you do not have any intention to keep. Mm -hmm. And, and, of course, one reason people are asking this question so much, too, or what filters into this, is because we have taken, actually, in our society, we have taken the most sacred of vows, that that a man makes with a woman, and yep. a woman makes with a man, um, in that place of holy matrimony. Yep. The accent, holy matrimony. Yep. And we'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> but, um, but we have taken that. And our society has just made it so easy to throw that away. Yep. You know, with, with the divorce courts and annulments and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it, is, it doesn't hold the, the importance and, and, and the preciousness that it was designed to and that it once had. And the enemy has slowly calloused our society 
uh, using things such as that. And I'm not saying that's the only only one, but that's probably, if you had to say of all the vows that we make, it's probably the most sacred, yep. one of the most sacred ones we, we do. But yet now nowadays, eh, let's just live together. What's the difference? It's just a piece of paper. Mm. It's just a bunch of words. Yep. And we bought that lie. It is more than just a bunch of words. When we make a vow, when we make an oath, God hears those vows. God hears those oaths. A God who is a faithful God. What does that mean? He is one who, when he makes an oath and a covenant and a vow, he holds every one of them he will sacred. Perform it. And, um, and, and he expects the same of those who choose to follow him. Yep. You, know? you know, one of the things, and, you know, both of us, I mean, we're old enough, and like you said, we've got over 100 years of experience. But I remember back as a boy where if a man gave his word, just simply his word to do something, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we would hold him to that. Mm -hmm. And we could, we could expect that he was going to hold to it himself. Yeah. You know, and then you go from that where now they have to sign documents. You know, and we've gotten even in our world today where, you know, man, you go and you sit at a bank or you go, you got about 50 documents you got to sign, you know, to hold you to this stuff. When in fact, there was a day when if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Integrity. A simple handshake is yeah. all it took. Yeah. Yeah. To you it. know, so I and, I, and I think that we, we need to get back to that. And, and that's what the psalmist is doing in verse 106. I have sworn, I have made a vow. I've sworn mm -hmm. to you that this is what I'm going to do, you know, and I will perform it. So he, he made a covenant with someone, and he now knows that that mm -hmm. is going to be his lifeblood, mm -hmm. if, I, if I can put it that way, because I need to keep that. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, filters all the way back up to that first verse of the previous stanza. Yep. I love your law. Yep. Right? You can't get to the point that he is in 106 unless you first are able to say that. I truly love your law. It is the yeah. very life to me. And that's basically what you're saying here. You know, and I, I think back to that analogy that you used earlier about, you know, lights on the car. Yeah. You know, I've out here, you know, I haven't lived out here now for a number of times. You usually take the same roads. And, you know, I, I'll take them at night. But, you know, I don't care how many times I've driven the road at night, I still turn the lights on. There's never gotten to be a point where I've gotten behind the steering wheel of my car at 10 o'clock at night, headed down a road I've been down a hundred times, and said, well, you know what, I know this road, I don't need to have my lights on, click. Yeah, right. You know, you're just not going to do that. And, and we say things like, I could drive this road blindfolded, but you know what, sorry, I'm not going to put it to that kind of a <laughs> test. But why? Because there's all kinds of things that could end up on that path. Yep. Yep. I don't care how many times you've been down that road. There's fallen trees, there's critters, you know, there's whatever that, that could take place. Um, washouts, <laughs> right, that we've right. experienced recently. But um, so... He's saying that, yeah, your word's a light to my, um, to my path and, you know, and a lamp to my feet. And, you know, and I'm going to keep that light on, yeah. you know. I, I, I'm going to make sure that I stay in those righteous judgments. I never get to the point where I think, eh, I know what God wants here, so, you know, I don't even need to consult him on this. I'll just leave the lights off this time, yeah. you know. Keep them on. Yeah, and I think I think the key word in verse one hundred six is really the the next to the last word, righteous. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to keep that in our mind that God's way is always righteous. Mm -hmm. It is always right. That's right. God is never wrong. 
talking with a, a young man recently, and we were talking about different things in his life, and, and I said, well, you know, this is what God did. And he looks at me with such a serious look, and he says, but all of us make mistakes. I says, God doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why doesn't he? All of us do. No. If we think that God makes mistakes, that ceases him from being God. Right. You know, because what I know of God is he is righteous in his judgments of righteous, and he does not make mistakes. And if he makes mistakes, then how can we say he is faithful? Yeah, that's it. Uh, or as the Revelation says, you know, the very last, the, the book about the last days, right? Right. That he who is faithful and, and true, true. Yep. right? No matter what comes, he will always remain the same, you know, and there's not going to be any flood. There's not going to be any shadow of turning. It will, you, you can, you can take this to the bank. Yeah, I love what Paul said. Paul says, faithful is he that will do it, mm-hmm. you know. So if he's spoken his word, um, you know, I, I think of the scriptures in, in this. When, when God speaks of salvation, when did salvation really come to... Um, it's full meaning. Was it when I trusted Christ as my Savior? Or was it before the foundation of the world mm-hmm. when he had called me out? Or when it was when, when he was upon the cross and he had me on his heart mm. when he was on the cross? And therefore, he fulfilled that. It was something that, that he knew from the beginning, but he was mm-hmm. going to do it. No matter how much it hurt, mm-hmm. he was going to do it. Same thing with Jesus. When, when, when God created the world. Did he have Calvary in mind? Mm-hmm. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. He knew that the, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that the that the serpent was going to slither up to Eve and 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 do that and with Eve and and with, and with Adam and so forth. And God knew all that. Mm-hmm. That didn't take him by surprise. Right. Why? So he already had Calvary in mind. Mm-hmm. Now, he had Calvary in mind long before Calvary happened. Mm-hmm. Could God have said, well? I decided I'm not going to send my son. Man, I'm just going to let mankind go to hell. Mm-hmm. No, he couldn't do that because that's his person. That's his character. That's who he is. He had to do that. He had to do Calvary because he'd already predetermined that that's what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's looking at you and me and saying, look, when you swear an oath to me, mm-hmm. perform it. Do it. You know, um, if you read Malachi, you'll find that Malachi gives us a stern warning about making vows and mm-hmm. not keeping them. And I think that we have to get back there. Yep. We have lost that integrity. We have. Uh, even even in, the, in the church, and we've lost that integrity even amongst us as believers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, I've talked with a young man of a completely different church in a different area, and asking him about real estate agents, and, and he said, yeah, he said, we got some real estate agents in our church, but um, I really wouldn't trust them. Mm. Wait a minute. Is that, I mean, what kind of a testimony is that? Yeah. I mean, is that, wow, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Oh, we love them to death, but we just don't know that they're the most reputable. What is the psalmist saying? I have sworn I will perform and I will keep why? Mm-hmm. Because they are your righteous judgments. Yep. Okay? That's why. Because they're your righteous judgments, God. That's why I'll do it. 103, then he starts talking about his own life again. And, and we see that all through this psalm. He talks about the pitfalls. He talks about the mm-hmm. things which he's going through. I am. 
That means it is a continuous tense, so it, I am right now being afflicted very much. I am under a heavy burden. I am under heavy display, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of things happening to me. Mm-hmm. So I am afflicted very much. Lord, you make me alive. Mm-hmm. You quicken me. You give me life. Yep. You know, even when I feel like just giving up and mm-hmm. falling down dead, I, no, I can't do that. Yeah, as we said, that aspect of revive is give me life again. Yeah. It, implying that I had the life, but somewhere along the line, it's, it, it's, it's now just become nothing but an ember at best. So fan it back into flame. You, you know, know, yeah, I, I, have, you know, I have this thing with me where we, we sing the song, Revive us again, mm-hmm. right? And I keep telling my church body, this is a song only for believers. Mm. A non-believer can't be revived because mm-hmm. he hasn't had life yet. Right. You can only revive that which has had life. Revival is for the church. Mm. Awakening is for the non-believer. Mm-hmm. To bring on life and to show them what life is so that they can take that life. Mm-hmm. So we need a great awakening, mm-hmm. that is for non-believers to come to know Christ, but we need a great revival for the church to take that and say, God, quicken me mm-hmm. again. Yep. Breathe into me your life mm-hmm. again. And the revival has got to precede the awakening. Yeah. And, and that's because that's where God will operate, because if he were to bring an awakening before the revival, then you get a bunch of these people coming in and they become... The harvest in old wineskins, yep. you know, and it just, it cracks and it all f- just leaks out, you know, right. the, the, it's not able to be sustained. But if he revives the church first, gets the church back to where it needs to get. In fact, I believe there is a scripture that talks about how his judgment starts with the church. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and this is where it's got to be because, you know, if we're not willing to go there, how can we lead others there? Yep. You know, or when other people come along, how can we help them understand how to remain in that place where God wants them to be if we're not willing to go there ourselves? Yeah. So, yeah. No, judgment starts at the house of God. Yep. That's where it starts. So he goes and says, okay, Lord, you quicken me. But one of the things that this psalm has, has really pointed out to me all through the psalm is, Lord, I want your, I want your life. I want your life breathed into me mm-hmm. to revive me. But there's a catch to it. Mm-hmm. I want it done only according to your word, mm-hmm. which is the only way God can do it anyway. But he, he has made that declaration. Mm-hmm. It has to be according to your word, not the word of a friend, not the word of what I think. No, it has to be according to your word. Because mm-hmm. if it isn't according to your word, it's not real. Mm-hmm. So he goes and says, quicken me, O Lord, according to your word, thy word. Mm-hmm. You know, and once again, he's already made the declaration, thy word is a lamp. Mm-hmm. I love thy law, that whose is it? It is God. So mm-hmm. he's saying, Lord, you quicken me because you're God and you have the say. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what I want. I don't want it to be quickened just in some church doctrine. Right. Unless that church doctrine is grounded on the word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what it has to be. That's it. You know, not what man thinks. And we've got too much religiosity. Mm-hmm. This is what man thinks, and therefore they adopt that, and they push aside the Word of God. Mm-hmm. The psalmist is saying, no, don't push aside the Word of God. You embrace the Word of God that's even right. more tightly. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. And we need to get back to that. So he goes there, and he says, according to your word, 108 
except I beg you. I love the word beseech, mm-hmm. meaning I beg. I, with the strongest of pleadings. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's not a stronger word here that mm-hmm. could be used for his begging, his pleading. Except I plead with you, the free will offering of my mouth. I love that, free will offering. Yeah. Lord, I'm just giving this to you for real. One of the things in my study the last, last week, I've been doing Acts chapter 5, and it's really interesting that forced love is not love. Mm-hmm. You can't force love. Yeah. You know, we would love to be able to, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to force you to love me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that do? That is not love. Yep. You know, that might be cowering because I'm afraid, mm-hmm. but it's not love. Here, in using the free will offering, what he's saying is, Lord, I beseech you, the free will offering of my mouth. I'm saying this because I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm responding this way because I love you. Yep. It is something I want to give back to you. I'm not giving it because you demand it, nope. number one. This, and I'm not doing it because my church thinks I should, or my pastor thinks I should, or somehow or another I just feel guilted into this. Yeah. Or because, you know, it's just the right thing to do. I mean, it's, it's none of that. It's, it's this aspect of, look, everything that I am right now, because, and there again, with that word, as you said, that word begging, yeah. helps to really imply the level of passion that he has here. Uh, Receive. I, I'm giving this. No one's putting me up to this. You're not demanding it of me. I am giving it to you. Again, why? Because I love right. your law. I, I, I so am driven by it, and I am so committed to this. This is where I need you to meet me, is right here. Um, except my offering is I receive everything you're bringing to me. Right. Right. Yeah, so you accept this is what I want to give you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the best I got. Yeah. You know, and so many times I've had a lot of people say to me, Pastor, but the best I got is not good enough. Really? How could he ask for anything more mm-hmm. if it's the best you got? Yep. And that is it. So, except I beg you, the free will offering of my mouth, it's not even a tangible, it's not even gold or silver or anything. No, how about just my praise? Mm-hmm. You know? What, what, for example, a parent, and I, and I brought this out Sunday morning, if, if your kids had a choice, or you had a choice, where they come to you and they say, Dad, I'm going to give you the option of a Christmas present or a birthday present. Mm-hmm. One option is I'll go out and buy you anything you want, or the other option is I'm going to come and just spend some hours with you, mm-hmm. intimately, personally, just you and me. Which would you take? That intimate personal time, <laughs> yeah, every time. You know, and, yeah. and it would. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any of us as parents yeah. would say, "Wait a minute, if it's from t- some tangible thing or just spending time, I will take the time every time." Mm-hmm. And but even in the tangible, you know, I, I, I think back um, the picture that entered my mind even as you were just before you started even saying all that was, um, I think back to my son when he was just, God, he could have been more than two or three. And he walks in, man, he was so proud. He had a piece of paper. He had just drew Dad a picture. And I looked at it, and all it was was yeah. a bunch of scribble. I mean, there was no even resemblance of a picture. It was just scribbles. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that, 
a Picasso, it was not, right? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. a Rembrandt. But you know what? That thing went as though it were and was anchored to our refrigerator for months. Yep. Because that was from my son. Yep. I would have traded every Rem if I had a Rembrandt, I would have traded it in for that every moment. Sure. Because he gave it to you yeah. because he wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't about what was on the paper. No. It's just it was the heart it, that was in the scribble. Yep. yep. You know, and, and, and that's where God is when we come with all of it. Old Gaither song from years ago, something beautiful, something yeah. good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful of my life. Yep. You know, and and that's the kind of stuff he wants. He doesn't care how broken it is. He doesn't care how scribbly it looks. Just give it. Yep. Just give it. He yep. loves the heart. Yeah, and I have the same. I have the same testimony as I had one of my one of my granddaughters, and I can't even remember if it was a high school picture or whatever. But she had a beautiful picture of herself, and then she taped a little piece of paper underneath it with just simply "I love you." Mm. And she left it on my desk. Mm -hmm. You want to know what that is? Mm. And this is probably 10 years ago, mm -hmm. right up on my bulletin board, right next to my desk, uh -huh. with her picture and just those three little words, I love you. That means more to me than anything that she could ever buy me. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the same way it is with God. That's right. And therefore he goes and he says, look, except I beseech you my free will offering of my mouth. What? And God is just, you know, I can just, and once again, just my picture, I can just picture God leaning from his throne like this. Speak, son, speak. I want to hear every word. Yeah. You know, that's just the way he is. That's mm -hmm. just who he is. So he goes and says, and then he goes and says, look, the offering on my lips, O oh Lord, and teach me. You know, I'm offering my praise to you, but Lord, I've also got my ears open. Because mm -hmm. I want to hear from you. Yeah. I want to hear what you have to teach me. That... I'm giving you the best I have, and Lord, if you can somehow make it so that I can even do something better, I want to do that for you, too. Mm -hmm. you know, but you teach me your judgments, because yeah. your judgments, if you go down to verse 106, are righteous judgments. Yeah, which carries with it, and, and, th and this applies on many different fronts. This applies on the worship front, it applies on the prayer front, and it applies on our devotions, our time in the Word front. And it's the old adage, you know, God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. Mm -hmm. We should be listening twice as much as we speak. Yep. Well, my question that I would challenge people with today, as they're, even as they're tuning in, is I want you to honestly ask yourself, when you pray, how much time do you sit in silence to receive an answer? Or is it simply, dear God, blah, 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 amen, and then you get up and go about your yep. day? Before God can say, hold, hold it, wait, I've got, I, yeah. I, 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 got, to you. I, I want to add into what you just said, but oh no, I've got someplace I got to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, or in our worship, right? We offer him the praise of our lips, but we do we take time to shut up and now let him speak his, yep. sing his love songs over us? Or when we're in the word? Do we get up and do our devotions just to read through the scripture, do our study, and not take time just to shut the brain, silence the brain just a little bit to begin to say, okay, now God, I've read the, I've read the Logos. Yep. Now, 
breathe into it. Yep. Breathe it. Breathe it into it. You right. know, and, and I'm just going to sit here quietly before you to receive what it is you have for me in this. Yep. And, and we need to come with that attitude. And I'm hearing this in that verse 109 or 108. I'm offering the free will offerings in my mouth. But now, as you said, now teach me. I'm going to take time now just to sit back and shut up and let you do the talking. Yeah, and there's a song, and I can't even remember the name of it, but he, but he goes and says, I have, I have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, so you speak to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that is so cool. We got to get going. Verse 109, I, I, I see my soul is continually in my hand. I, I, you know, I look at that, Tim, as just simply him having his hands open and saying, I'm an open book to you, God. Mm-hmm. That's all I am. You know everything about me. Mm-hmm. You know my love relationship with you. You know how to strengthen my love mm-hmm. relationship with you. You know my failings. You know, here I am. I'm just, my soul is open to you. Yep. My inward man is mm-hmm. open to you, not just my head. Yeah. Well, when we go back to the original language, um, and we're not going to get into any kind of Hebrew lesson today, obviously, but this phrase of my hand yep. actually is the same word as danger. You know, and so it's like when I saw that, it's like, whoa. My life, as long as it's in my hands, it's in danger. Mm. You know, it's why I don't forsake, forget your law. Yep. Because left up to myself, right? This is going to go nowhere quick. So my life, and let's face it, I have the choice each and every moment of how I'm going to live my life, and I have to make a conscious decision, even as a believer. Each, even after I've named the name of Christ, even after I've asked Him into my heart, today. Well, I still let you be Lord. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying you lose your salvation each and every day. I'm not right. saying that. But there has to be that conscious decision that look, I I am still walking. I still hold power to hear God and obey or n- choose to ignore and disobey. So, my life's in my hands. But I'm not going to forget your law. Yep. And I, I'm going to make sure it submits under you. And I think that's one of the reasons in 108 that he even refers to my free will offering mm-hmm. is because, you know, I have a choice. I choose to yep. give this to you. Now, my soul is in my hand. I'm in danger. And then, then you go in 110 and so forth. He goes and he, like you say, he's in danger. The wicked lay a snare upon me. Yet I am not. I do not leave your precepts. Yeah. Um, thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage. And I, and I love that because mm-hmm. what he's doing is saying, I take this as mine. Yep. And how many of us read the word of God and apply it to ourselves? Say, mm-hmm. I take what God has just said as mine. Mm-hmm. I put my name to that. You mm-hmm. know, I own that. That's mine because God gave it to mm-hmm. me. You know, so I take yeah. it as a heritage. Forever. Forever, right. You know, so that's implying... As long as I'm breathing breath, but you know what? Yeah. Even if my life is taken from me, it doesn't matter. Even going into the next life, yeah. this is where I'm at. So your testimonies are the rejoicing of my heart. Mm-hmm. I can always revert back to what you have done. Yep. Always revert back to your judgments that is true. And then 112, I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes, which is another word for law, testimonies, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Your statutes always even unto the end. I've inclined my heart. I've just laid it out to you. Here mm-hmm. it is. You know, and that's what God has said. So take this, this wonderful stanza. God's word, he watches your steps as you go day by day, step by step, but he also has your path laid out. Mm-hmm. And he will light that path 
every step of the way, and he promised you to do that. And when I see that phrase of, I have inclined my heart, um, carries with it almost, you could say, I have tuned my heart. And, yep. and when I think of that, I think of a piano. Yep. You know, and how do you tune a piano? It's all on the tension of the strings. And so it's like, I have, I've stretched, you know, or a guitar, same thing, yep. right? I have placed myself in this, willingly, in this place of tension between the carnal man and the spirit man, right? Where, where you know, light and darkness have no fellowship with each other, right? But I have chosen to live in this tension, you know, and incline my hearts to do what? Perform your statutes. My desire, as I'm in this tension, is to make sure that when you pluck the string, or when you hit the key, that what comes out is your melody. Yep. And so, you know, whatever comes, snares, dangers, difficulties, good times, in all of it, I want nothing to ring out of me except you yep. and the love for your word. Yep. And that, I mean, what a way to end. I mean, just, you know, what is your relationship with God? What is your relationship to God's word? Do you read it and know it as God's word? Do you apply it as God's word to you and to me? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Pastor Harold Norris, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We're located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We have evening worship at 6 o'clock uh, on Sunday nights. We have Bible studies during the week. We have prayer meeting on Wednesday night where we meet again at the sanctuary just for a group of us to get together. Uh, we sing a praise song and, and spend a little, little time in the Word, but most of our time is just simply bringing before God the needs of people, our nation, ourselves, whatever, um, laying it before Him, okay? Uh, so come on out to Community Christian Church. If you're in our area, we'd love to see you and and, and tell us, hey, I saw you on Hotline Ministry. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in the Charlestown, New Hampshire area, we'd love to have you stop by Life on Main. We meet at the Charlestown Senior Center uh, that's located at 223 Old Springfield Road. We have a coffee hour at 10 o'clock. We have worship and praise and time in the Word at 11. We would love to have you uh, feel free to stop by and join us for that. We also have small groups that meet during the week. Uh, check in with the office um, at the phone number that's on the screen there, and we'd be happy to uh, get you knit into one of those. We do have a cottage prayer meeting that meets at our house at 276 Main Street, also known as the Abundant Life Center, um, every Wednesday night at 630. Regardless of your church affiliation, we just want to be able to come together and seek God on behalf of